Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast, episode number 76, Stunning Stancy at your service. Right across me, Rowdy Romoran. Oi. Whoa. Whoa. Wait. I got that wrong. Clearly, Whoa. I have been away for Whoa. far too long. Huh. I have been away for far too long. Ravishing Romoran. Much better, diba? Hala nga tayong pinaka-consistent na member dito sa podcast. Oh, hindi naman. I've just been taking no, no, frequent no, no, trips no, this no. month yeah, of August. Yeah, no, no, no. Always present since day one. <laughs> no, I believe there was like no. one week when you weren't around. I'm sure I was always here. Man. Anyway, no Raf Kamas this week. Yeah. Uh, he's got some personal there, business. There, there is no excuse for him today. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's still handling editing and post-prod duty. So in lieu of rowdy Raf Kamas, the real rowdy one, uh, we've got the very first PWR champion as our guest host for this week. Mm-hmm. He calls himself, or we call him the Senorito, everyone's favorite amigo, Jake De Leon. Welcome to the SGP Podcast. What's up, podcast. guys? What's up, amigos and amigas who's listening to the SGP Yo. Podcast right now? Yes. Right. Guest host, this is awesome. Yeah. More, I, more, actually more, more nerve-wracking than really? actually going into a match, you know? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think JDL is the first official guest host. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, before no, we've, we've been had... meaning to, yeah. We've, we've been meaning to do guest hosts. Yeah. And we've I'm only... honored, guys. I'm honored. Like, well, before we've, we've done this, right we've done this. Like, I think uh, one of Classical Brian Leo's first uh, guestings on the podcast, he basically became a guest host. But it's official. official. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. official. So that's why JDL is not just the first PWR champ. He's the first official guest host of the SGP podcast. Meet you in that regard also, Brian Leo. Hey. hey. And, uh, well, you know, last week it was a milestone week for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I we, we clocked in at number 14. Number one. Four. Four. That's Four. it. Four. Of the sports and recreation. Uh, number one. 51. The names. Just 51. Yeah, 51. Yeah, number yeah. One. 50. I, I, there was no way to make that joke actually, Right. As our old jokes. Yeah. Good try. Good try. Yeah, yeah but, but the, the fact is that we are still 51, which is still a great accomplishment. So again, it's all thanks to you, our listeners, who have always been very supportive of the podcast. So maraming maraming salamat. Thank Give you. yourselves a hand, guys. Please make us stay there. Above 100. No? Yeah, above 100. We kind of want to stay there. It, it, it's a nice place to be at. Mm. Um, I, I wasn't there last week uh, when we were celebrating the number 14 accomplishment because I was in Japan. Yun. It was a lot of fun, a, a, a great trip, and I, I've been calling it my wrestling pilgrimage all over social media. So if you've been following me at underscore Stancy on Twitter and on IG, um, I, I've been posting a lot of uh, pictures of the places I've been visiting, especially those pertaining to wrestling. Mm. Hashtag Tokyo Lo kasi. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Tokyo Lo. Tokyo Lo. Japan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In, in all fairness, I didn't come up with Tokyo Lo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Girlfriend did. Yeah. So um, I, I think the, one of the first places I visited, I visited was Ribera. 
So, Ribera Steakhouse, which was... Um, if, if you've been to yung mga hole-in-the-wall restaurants, mm. not just in Japan, but a- in any other country, that's basically what Ribera is. Mm. So, there are 10 seats. That's it. There's just 10 just seats. Just 10 seats. So, wow. it's like, it's as big as a uh, hole-in-the-wall ramen place? Yeah, basically. Tapos, isang table lang yan. Parang bar lang siya. And then, oh. the owner is just doing everything himself. He's cooking. He's serving. He's taking uh, yung, yung uh, bayad. Mm. He's, he's doing the computing. What? All of that shit. He's a one-man band. One-man band, my friend. And um, the minute you go in, kita magadi mga frame pictures oh. of all the wrestlers that, that, that have stopped by there. Uh, and I say this, and I say it's funny because the very first picture I saw was that of Candice Michelle. Mm. Oh, really? In a Ribera jacket. Wow. And I, I, I don't give a shit what else was underneath that jacket. Who'd you go with, by the way? Family? Yeah, I, oh. I managed to convince my family oh, okay. to visit Ribera with me. It's steak, so. To eat steak, yeah. Shabanak do to steak? Yeah, dude. All four of you? He cooked all four steaks. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. And then um, while I was eating my steak, because we'd come from, from Disney Sea that day. Mm-hmm. So we were all hungry as fuck, right? <laughs> and then my, my dad was telling me, tell him, tell him. And, and uh, my dad wanted me to tell him that I'm part of PWR. <laughs> really? So he didn't tell me. He didn't The picture of me uh, introducing the PHX championship. So I, I gave it to him, and I'm like, uh, in Philippines, there is wrestling, and I'm with them. And then he goes, champion? And I'm like, no, no, manager. And he goes, ah, very good, very good. And then <laughs> he no-sold it. Like, he didn't give a shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the middle of cooking a steak for the person right next to me, mm. he starts taking out a plastic bag. Mm. And then he took out a shirt, and then he put it in a plastic bag. And then it's cool for me to have assumed that that, that that would have been for me. And then he just gave it to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I was right. And he goes... <laughs> present from me to you and I'm like That's oh amazing. my god this is an honor like this is an honor I'll be completely honest I am so envious right now <laughs> I wish I could go to Japan soon been pretty busy recently you should show him the photo <laughs> yeah. show him the photo yes 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 yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll get more than a t-shirt I'm pretty sure you'll get more than a t-shirt I hope I get a Zubaz because it's about the jacket Zubaz I'm not sure because picture of the jacket you know, um, if, if you're planning to go to Ribera Steakhouse, uh, part of the legend is that the the jacket that uh, the wrestlers receive is reserved for special guests of the steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And special guests, kasama din American wrestlers who make their tour of Japan. That's what makes Ribera Steakhouse a classic uh, destination for wrestling fans in Tokyo. So that was a lot of fun. I got to take a picture then with the owner. And I've got the shirt, and I'll be wearing it at boot camp when I drop by on Sunday. Was he actually the original owner? Yes. Wow. How old is this guy? Um, about as o- about as old or a little bit older than my dad. So my right. late fifties na. Okay. Yeah. So he, he was a cool dude. And one man band. You gotta one appreciate that. And ang sarap. Like Cooking my mom. Four steaks. <laughs> dude, my mom couldn't stop talking about the steaks until like yesterday. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. So um, it, it was mage, as uh, cheap heat guys would, would say. Um, another another place that I stopped by sa, sa Japan was the Tokyo Dome. Uh, if you've seen the announcement for the PWR main event, I did shoot it at the Tokyo Dome. And believe it or not, inikut ko yung perimeter ng Tokyo Dome because hmm. I was looking for like a good the, spot. A good spot. How long did it take you to go around? A uh, good 20, 25 minutes. Oh. But that's also because I was leisurely walking. Right. I mean, you're taking in the scenes. You're like, wow, you know, um, you know, the New Japan guys wrestle here every year, shit like that. And uh, I was able to find good spots. Na, you know, kita ng Tokyo Dome na logo. 
And I was also trying to find a good spot for a good picture. And it was raining, so that was the perfect time to bust out the rainmaker pose. Of course. I don't know, when I saw the video, I thought, I wonder if there, there would be anyone who watches this video and think that because Stan is cutting the promo in front of the Tokyo Dome, the next PWR show would be at the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> and I wonder how many people I know, would actually think that way. And um, what was going through my mind was, I wonder how many people would photobomb me mm. while I was shooting a video. Let me tell you this. There were no photobombers whatsoever. Like, Japanese people, they know when some shit is going down. And they're, they're some of the most polite people on this planet. So mm. they knew their place. And I appreciated it. Like, you know, there's a person sitting there. And and then and went another way. So when I stopped uh, recording, I made sure to find that person, like kita panyako, you know, within their line of sight. And I bowed and I said thanks. So that was nice of them. Also within the Tokyo Dome vicinity was Karakin Hall. Mm. So uh, um, you know, we, um, Karakin Hall, another very very famous place for professional wrestling, and it was the site of a Wrestle One event that night mm. when I visited. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't get to watch because I had to uh, meet my family for dinner. But you know, I, I took a picture right next to like some of the merch and the door which said Karakin Hall. But mm. uh, my picture hold on. And then any trip to Tokyo, if you're a wrestling fan, would not be a, uh, would not be a complete without a stop at either Todokan, which is the general wrestling merch store, or Fighting Spirit, which is the New Japan store. So both of those shops are within the Suidobashi area, which is also surrounding Tokyo Dome. So, um, yeah, Rose wearing the Ishii shirt that I got him. Yep. Uh, I like this design, because it, it's not as flashy as an uh, I think Ralph Imabayashi mm-hmm. would like that I shirt. He wants that. He's wearing a Bullet Club shirt right now. <laughs> And I, I heard I heard uh, Mr. C actually bought this AJ Styles shirt, which I'm really hating him for right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm particularly proud of it. It was a last-minute uh, decision. Damn it. No, let me tell you. He's not an advertised me with this. Dude, I have a limited amount of space in my bag, all right? <laughs> Even though I have a little bit of resources to go, I have a limited amount of space in my bag. So I, I had to be careful then. Like, I couldn't buy more than one shirt. I knew that, right? Um, I was choosing between a Nakamura shirt, a Tanahashi shirt, or a Bullet Club shirt I, I, as much as I like Okada's look his shirts were pretty plain eh? okay. mm-hmm. so it was a white lang with the word Rainmaker on it I'm like eh, no not really um, one can, of you the, t- can you tell us about the Tanahashi shirt oh yeah yeah the Tanahashi shirt I was about to get to that thank you so it's a white t-shirt right and then in big block letters nakasulat lang Feel the best. And Feel then at the, the back there's an arrow and then the letters HFF for high fly flow uh, Feel the best guys the what best. the flying fuck does that mean I think it's because if you, if you wear that shirt, you will feel the best. <laughs> probably, probably something like that. I'm not really sure. I hope it's something like that and not anything else. I asked my friend who went with me to look for Fighting Spirit. Mm. Sabi ko, Bakit feel the best I mean, she's not, she's not a fan, but right. she kind of understands how the Japanese people think, right. having lived in Tokyo. And she was like, Ah, kasi alam naman, yung mga Japanese, di masyado magaling mag-English. So, you feel the best, magaling na English na yun for them. And I'm like, right. damn it, English. So, ayun, um, the same logic why a song like Feel Like Dance was famous in the 90s. No, I, think, I, think, I think feel the best is kind of like... How the Japanese would say in English. You're really saying English right now? (laughs) Isn't that what it's called? Ralph, I'm sorry. I'm sorry sorry about your people, Ralph. Sorry about your people. No, but uh, I think that is their equivalent of you seen as 15X shirt. Ah. Maybe it's something like that. Or never give up, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. never give up. Feel the best. The slogan of Tanahashi. 
Yung mga ano yung mga maksoga na pambangko eh. Right. All right. <laughs> there were a lot of other cool merch in there. Like, uh, there, were, there were hooded towels. What did you buy for Camus for that? Which I did buy for Camus. Yeah. A I hooded bu- towel. I bought him a Rainmaker hooded towel. Hooded towel ba hiningin eh? Yeah, dude. <laughs> and I also bought him a Hello Kitty New Japan t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of the lion, you had Hello Kitty on it. All right. And <laughs> Bombay would like that, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. There's another t-shirt that I got him. Uh, I, I can't remember it right now. I also bought something for Hub and something for Cervic who is a huge fan of the King of Strong style. Mm. So, I, yeah, um, Nothing for John Sebastian, because fuck that guy. Yeah, because fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck I, John Sebastian. <laughs> dude, I ended up buying so much stuff that the clerk at the store ended up giving me a Road to Destruction poster. Which is the next show. Yeah. Yes. Which is happening this week, or which happened this week. So, huh? No, happening no. this week for them. It's happening tomorrow by the time that yeah. it gets out. Tomorrow. Uh, it's September 4th. Friday. Oh, it's a Friday yeah. show. All right. It's a Friday show. So, ayun, um, so I'm big at bago dude, pali sa And then I, I found Todokan, which nga, um, there, there's a lot of merch in there, a lot of masks. I wanted to buy a Rey Mysterio mask. Mm. But How was, much is that? Siguro mga 8,000, 9,000 sa pera natin. Wow. I was not prepared to spend that amount of money. Because see Hob Pacheco, when he went there, um, the official photography of PWR, when he went there, uh, he bought a ray mask for around four th- 5,000 pesos. pesos. Mm. So, yun medyo willing pa ako eh. A little bit. Because it's like buying a good pair of shoes, right? Right, mm. right, right. But eight, 9,000 pesos. Like, some of the more expensive ones were a mystical mask, mm. which was already five digits sa pera natin. Seriously? Yes. I, I probably think it's because uh, they're not part of WWE anymore, so their merch isn't mass-produced. Yeah, that's true. They're rarer. Yeah, um, they're getting rarer. They rarer. didn't have a generic mask when I asked. Uh, they didn't have a lot of Pentagon Junior masks. Tapos, uh, what else did I look for? Some of those masks, though, are cheaper on high spots. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Man, yeah. Do they have a Captain New Japan mask? Yes, they did. Uh, I did find one. Fighting Spirit? No, no, no. Sa Todoka. I thought Yeah. But they said on Fighting Spirit. That's weird. Um, I, I didn't find any sa Fighting Spirit. It was weird. Um, I also saw... Oh, and daming Thunder Liger masks. Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Two <laughs> fucking many cheap? designs. No, dude. Uh, what? Ano rin yun? Tsaka mahina yung 50,000 yen. Wow. So uh, these are pro yeah. masks, eh? Yeah. I am. It's a fan mask. And then um, the t-shirts there were pretty funny because uh, some of them were old, some of them from the modern era, some of them from the attitude era. So, like, I saw a Sable t-shirt and I saw a Sunny t-shirt. Again, hmm. uh, very weird designs. Uh, I was looking for Eddie Guerrero stuff, which I couldn't find, which really sucked. And then I ended up being, I ended up, Almost peeking into a Bob Sapp press conference, <laughs> which was going on at the back of the sh- uh, at, at the back of the store. So uh, my friend and I tried to peek in. He saw us, and we had to run the fuck away. Because Bob Sapp saw you. Yeah, Bob Sapp saw us. Make eye contact. Make eye contact and we ran the fuck away, man. So uh, that was great. And of course, the highlight of my trip, uh, which happened way before the shopping in Tokyo Dome, was catching a Dramatic Dream Team uh, live event. It mm. was. Uh, it, there were there were six matches on the card and it took place noon time. Noon time. Yeah, noon time. Sha. Um, the ticket. Noon. No, no, aircon sha. it's So the uh, the venue and I don't mean a crap on Makati Cinema Square, but I'm gonna eventually do that in the process of telling this story. <laughs> it's, it's a great venue. Six hundred, seven hundred people can fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some standing room only sections and then mostly pedika umupo. And then air condition sha. There are two locker rooms, so you can have a baby face and a heel locker room. Oh, okay. And then right outside you have a concession stand. So it's kind of like a movie theater meets bingo hall setup. Tapos multiple levels din siya. And then 
um, they had a projector, they had screens, they had double screens pa. So no matter where you're seated, you have a good vantage point of the screens. And then uh, the ring was set up uh, right in the middle, as you would expect. Tapos yun, a uh, very humble setup for, for DDT. And then I didn't know what to expect when I was there. Mostly because I didn't understand shit, mm. right? Uh, lucky for me, there were two guys na nandun sa standing room section kasama ko who noticed my New Japan t-shirt and they noticed na mukha kong tanga kasi wala ko naiintindihan. <laughs> So they spoke to me in English. They're like, oh, you, English? English? Yeah, 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 English, English. Again. And I'm like, ah, oh, Gaijin. <laughs> I was pointing to myself, ah, oh, Gaijin. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I, mean, I wanted to say I was foreign, diba? Right. I, I had no idea how that would have uh, uh, come off. Oh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Right. So Gaijin, foreigner, right? So ayun, um, he, he saw a new Japan yung t-shirt ko. And then he said, oh, you like puro wrestling? I'm like, yeah, 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 I love wrestling. And, yeah. and so we started talking and shit. And then um, I, I, I was like, uh, I had to speak in broken English, which yeah. is really difficult kapag sanay ka na straight yung English. Right. So um, they were having a hard time understanding me. So I had to say, I watch here, watch Ibushi. Ah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, 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 Ibushi, very acrobatic. <laughs> so, yeah. Ano yung simple conversation, pero naaliw ka na. Kasi meron kang kausap at the very least, kesa OP ka. So, ayun. Um, Wrestling fans everywhere. Dude, yeah. Uh, there were there were six matches on the card. The first four matches were comedy wrestling. So if you if you, if you know your DDT wrestling, it's just a lot of kalokohan mm. all, all the way around. Um, there was... There were at least two segments where merong nagkakaraoke in the middle of the match. What? What? Yes. There was a See? fatal four-way, and two of them were knocked outside, and then there was an impromptu karaoke battle. I'm pretty sure this is something Katie would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, get well soon, Katie. Oh. One of the guys who was singing in, the, in that karaoke battle looked like Bossing, Vic Soto. Oh, really? <laughs> so it was extra funny for me. Um, there was another... Japanese Vic Soto. Yes, exactly. And then um, the opening match featured uh, Makato Oishi who, and, and his tag team partner, whose name I don't remember right now. And they came out all J-poppy, like boy band yung kanta, and they were singing and dancing. Like they were, like, rinig mo na hindi sila naglilip sync line. They were actually fucking singing. Wow. So that was pretty what the fuck, right? That's an interesting idea for PWR. I mean, MDM has people singing that, but with, with Take On Me and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Um, one of the highlights of uh, of the DDT, the, the DDT show for me was meeting Muscle Sakai, or Super Sasadango Machine. He's this huge masked man wh- who wears a championship belt all throughout, even when he's wrestling. <laughs> and then, nung intermission, I, uh, there was a meet and greet line, so pumila ako. And then I asked the guy behind me, can you please take my picture? And I showed him my iPhone, and I figured, he's Japanese. He probably knows his way around technology, well, right? That's wow. kind of racist. That's kind of racist, yeah. We're sorry again, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so I go up there and then I tell uh, I tell Muscle Sakai I'm from the Philippines I just came all the way here to watch you guys and it's such an honor and he goes oh thank you very much he bows and then he lifts me up and I'm like yo what the fuck so ako, and then the guy takes my picture and then gives me back my phone wait how did he lift you up uh, princess style yes princess style <laughs> alright that is exactly how he lifted everyone up Alright. <laughs> so he lifted me up princess style and so then he felt like a princess. No, 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 no. I felt like a mark. Alright. Uh so no big sign phone call, I looked through the photos, I'm like, Tahina Batola picture. Motherfucker forgot to press the the, the shutter button. <sighs> Japanese. And then I learned from Lance Ong of Smart Henry that Muscle Saka is on the way to retirement now. So oh. that would have been a sweet shot, Sana. Damn it! Uh so the uh, <laughs> 
Well, let's not go too far. I mean, uh, Vic does blame them for Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an unfair, yeah, you know, yeah. it's an unfair claim until now. Um, other highlights from that show included, like, um, Oishi hugging people, because the character is free hugs. Oishi. Yeah. Um, like, like his Japanese name really is Oishi. Makato Oishi, that's his uh, name. All right, so he's yeah, like Japanese sorry. Bailey. Yes, so he has a free hug sign, and he just hugs people. The reason that being is that DDT's general elections is coming up. So they have a system <laughs> called the general elections where the audience gets to vote for who they want to be the number one contender. So that's oh. why that's why Oishi is giving out the hugs. He wants to be a fan favorite. That's an interesting thing. Uh, that's an interesting idea. No, last year, last year, Kota Ibushi won this without doing anything at all. Because in a he's Kota, <laughs> right? So that that's uh, that's why right. Oishi was doing the hugs thing. All right. Um, of course, the Kota Ibushi match was uh, what. Uh, what was just something special. I mean, I, I, I've seen this guy perform online, but it doesn't compare to watching him in person, man. I tell you. Right. Um, everybody just loved him. All the girls loved him. All the guys loved him. Tapos, uh, there was one spot where yung partner ni Kota Ibushi sinakay niya sa isang push cart. All right. And then yung opponents nila, they laid them out on a long-ass table. And then everybody used that long-ass table to eat kasi. So they mm. shoved all of the items away. And then the uh, kalaban nila were on one end, and then Ibushi and his partner were on the other end. And then they pushed the push cart onto those guys. Sinagasaan nila. Oh, and then Kota Ibushi was celebrating, you know, and while everyone was marking out. It was insane, man. So, <laughs> yeah, um, a, a DDT show is not like a PWR show for sure. Because, mm. you know, it's more comedy than, than what some people would call like substance wrestling or, you know, storytelling wrestling. But um, I would say it's still a lot of fun because um, apparently they're. they're the, the top, if not one of the top indie promotions in Japan, mm. right? So, um, if you're ever in Tokyo, do catch a show, and um, you have my word for that. A DDT show is worth your money. Like uh, my ticket was three thousand yen. One last question. Yeah, go. Did you see any little girls wrestling, or did you see Yoshihiko wrestling? No, I, I wanted to see. I wanted to see those. Like one of my first questions inside Japanese friends that I made was, Yoshihiko, he wrestled tonight. And they go, no, no, Yoshihiko. Sad. No. Sad day. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but still, it was great. Um, I, ah, nung DDT show, and that's when they also made the announcement that Joey Ryan was joining them. Oh, Joey Ryan's going to DDT. Yes. So, so th- I, I saw He's that. He's a good fit there. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, it looks like it based on the video and, uh, you know, that's been going around this week. So that's a quick re- recap of my trip to Japan. Um, I- I'll also be writing about it on smarthenry.ph, so watch out for that. And the photos will also be going over there. Um, this is episode 76 of the SVP podcast. Jake DeLeon, the senorito, is our special guest host for this What's week uh, in lieu of uh, Rowdy Raf Camus. And we also have Ralph Imabayashi, one of the four semifinalists of the PHX Championship Tournament. He'll be joining us in just a bit and in a little while as well we'll be talking about Raw NXT and everything else everything else that happened in this uh, this week of pro wrestling so stay tuned this is episode 76 of the SGP podcast Let's talk about this week in wrestling, and let's start off with Raw. It was, I, I would call it a so-so episode. Like, when I did my Raw review uh, this week, I gave it a B-. minus. There were some good stories that came out and were developed pretty well. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there were some stories parang, yo, what the fuck happened there, diba? So, how about we start off with something that Namejo what the fuck in the Beat the Clock challenge for PCB? Oh, you mean how they had so little time used? <laughs> yeah, actually. 
Diba? Um, you would expect, diba, that uh, the first match would siguro last mga six, seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Diba? And then, pa pakaunti na pakaunti until mm. until the finish pero uh, when Becky defeated Alicia Fox in 3 minutes and 40 seconds I was like this is not gonna end well nah. yeah. I was surprised though that uh, Charlotte came up with a win by Paige not actually beating the clock uh-huh. so uh, that was interesting to me I think they've been actually I don't know they they have been kind of dropping the ball on Paige mm. recently if you've mm. seen I, I'm not sure how it feels that these two other women with different colored hairs are coming in you know, um, but I, I'm really happy with the Charlotte win. Mm. Uh, I, she's she was uh, in Stephanie McMahon's words, she was bred for this business, mm. and I'd really be interested to see her actually beat Nikki Bella amidst all the rumors that her mom's gonna be married to Johnny Ace. <laughs> Johnny Ace. Big Johnny. People Congratulations. Call. But I'm interested in that because uh, for the first time, it's not gonna be the, uh, another Paige versus Nikki yeah, Bella match because uh, we've seen so much of that over the past few months. But my bigger issue, well, not the bigger issue, is that I think it's funny because we actually now have uh, direction with the Diva Revolution. Now, Mariners are stakes that they're fighting for after SummerSlam. Yeah, but what took them so long, right? Yeah, exactly. One, the funny thing was that, sorry, sorry, you were saying? Yeah, number one, what took them so long? Number two, what about Team Bad? Because uh, where do they figure in this, well, team in this story lost, now? So. Yeah, yeah so they lost. But can they bounce back? Or is there like a line well, of sorts? Yet. I'm guessing there's a line now because uh, PCB is at the front, and what's funny to me is, parang they achieve what we the, we've been demanding of the Diva Revolution by going the opposite direction of what they've been doing for the past month. Yeah, uh, doing longer, ma- having longer matches, mm-hmm. having, well, I know. and it makes sense to me. But you're right; it could have used more time. I don't see why it. You know why each match couldn't have averaged five minutes, and also to add to the level of competitiveness that mm. this actually brings, I'm actually interested to see what happens after because you know the tension between that mm. group. If you think about it, yeah, PCB, yeah, right. it's going to be really interesting. And here's another gripe I have: it's not really that big, but in the beat the clock challenge, why do they have to stop the match when the clock runs out? Uh-huh. Why, do, why don't they just finish it? Uh-huh. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't Sasha Banks want to beat Paige? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a very good point. Because yeah, I, I was wondering yeah. the same thing when uh, when I was watching the Paige versus Sasha Banks. Ah, yeah, Paige versus Sasha. And gano naman siya palagi. Like, yeah. all beat the clock challenges ever since I started watching in like 03, 04. Like, if you didn't meet the time, tapos yung match. Which is frustrating, pero the way I see it naman, if you're a competitor and you're trying to beat the clock, yeah. if you didn't beat the clock, talo ka na. So there's no point in trying to finish the match. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to take out my frustration. <laughs> yeah, I, I would too. But yeah, I, I understand back when I was watching, uh, mm-hmm. I think that was for Elimination Chamber, the one with Triple H and Sheldon mm-hmm. Benjamin. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to think na, if I was Sasha Banks, I would want to beat Paige. Just to make a statement. Yeah, just to make mm. a statement. One last note on the Diva Revolution or on, on this Beat the Clock Challenge. I don't like how Team, Bella's whole, t- team Bella always has to be the jabronis. Because look at Alicia Fox and Brie Bella, right? What does it say about the entire team when two of them are such weak links and Nikki Bella is the only one who's No, they've all been losing. Up? They've all been losing. Right, so... Equally. I, I still feel that Nikki should have been the one who was pinned at SummerSlam. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, know. I, I, I just wish na I, I wish Team Bella was booked better. Because for, for all of the things that Bad and PCB have been saying about trying to take down Team Bella, they have been doing it. Parang nawala yung climactic point where they actually get to topple down the Bella Empire. I wish everyone would, would be booked better. <laughs> this, no, this should have happened last week. Right, Beat right. the clock should have happened last week as a reward... For winning the Survivor, ah, this is a SummerSlam match. Yeah, 
Medjana delayed. There was delayed mm. gratification, which yeah, d- doesn't say a lot. just thought of that that day, mm. <laughs> probably. No, no, man. Like I wait, no. a day before. Yeah, a day before. <laughs> which not, doesn't help them any. <laughs> no, I, they probably just thought of it after people have been criticizing the matches. And, and yeah, people have been starting to boo, right? People yeah, have been you know, have been turning on yeah, after uh, after Brooklyn turned on the revolution. Maybe that's why when they thought of it. Did they turn on the revolution, or did they just chant for Sasha more? I think it was a bit of both. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the Brooklyn crowd were they were they were dicks about it yeah. <laughs> with the whole "We are awesome" chance. But yeah. like, come on, stop being marks for yourselves. Uh, let's talk about Dolph, Lana, Summer Rae, and Rusev. Because uh, I another I, what the fuck. <laughs> you know what the fuck, but I actually am getting interested in this view because it's a telenovela. Niya. That, that's true. I mean, before it was already telenovela as is, but now with the added element of all the things that Pinoy is like to gossip about. Betrayal, mm. yeah, and, uh, you know, um, uy, niya ganito si ganun, shit like that. So parang, um, it, it's very Pinoy telenovela. I don't know what to feel about it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a good thing yet, but well, at the very least, I am intrigued. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am intrigued, and I'm not sure how to feel about Lana for being the gullible girlfriend, nah, not believing in your boyfriend. Wait, when if, if you're calling Lana gullible, so you think Dolph is cheating on her? N- what? Nick, yeah, doesn't that wait? Doesn't her being gullible meaning she oh, believes Summer Rae? Right. So yeah. No, no. When yeah. Lana is uh, so, if Lana is gullible, it means. Uh, wait, who? Who? She's believing Summer Rae. She's believing Summer Rae. Yeah. Uh, Dolph seduced her. Yeah. Yeah, but if you think Lana's gullible, yeah. it, it means now maybe Dolph didn't cheat on her, and Lana's just being gullible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, the I, the camera angle yeah. was Summer Rae was the one who sneaked in, sneaked uh, in. All right, mm. but uh, I'm thinking, cause now it's well, guys go through it <laughs> to having yeah, girlfriends yeah. that really don't mm. don't. Trust them all that well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Senorita knows where it's at. <laughs> it's just that um, this is where it's in- intriguing because people will relate to this thing because mm. you know the girlfriends that really don't have the the complete trust in their boyfriend yet. So to be fair, then I know I know. My trust issues in Segura Sudana after being after Rusev. Yeah, yeah. That's why you know. That's why the Backstreet Boys had to sing "I'll Never Break Your Heart." <laughs> hey, but you know, you know, if uh, if we were gonna break down kayfabe, if we were going to like put our smart goggles on, If I was Dolph Ziggler, why would I even look at Summer Rae that's true. when I that already have true. Lana? Right. That is true. So you're thinking uh, on the basis that he did cheat? No, no, no. But if I were going to cheat on Lana. <laughs> I would. I can do so much better than fucking Summer Rae. Like his ex-girlfriend Nikki Bella. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I mean, Brie Bella would have been tolerable, but Foxy, yes, over Summer Rae. I think the. I think Tamina is the only one I would put in the Summer Rae team in the Summer Rae pile. Which, Jesus Christ. Which is why the, the, re- the reason is that camera angle where Renee was talking and then Summary sneaks in. Pairing, it shows for me. Uh, it, it, I think it shows that Lana is gullible. Yeah, no, I agree. Pairing, you already set that tone. I mean, in if on the off chance that Dolph did advance on Summary, mm. pairing, it lowers his stock. Yeah, it does, as a face. Yeah, it lowers also Lana's stock mm-hmm. as a hot woman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping that he didn't cheat just to make I, sure I, they I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I'm still hoping that Rusev and Lana find their way back to oh, each other. They, they uh, will, but I don't think he cheated on, on, on uh, Lana. Yeah, I don't think so either. Panang By the way, can I, can I talk about the, that, that segment really quick? Yeah. You know it's bullshit because Renee never does that. Yeah. She actually. never has to do the VJ stuff. 
Yes. Yeah. Actually, none of the none of the backstage guys had to do that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's always the awkward cutaway to them looking off into the distance, mm-hmm. but they never say uh, "back to you, Cole" or "back up, to you, uh, Rich never, Brennan." Never, never. Up next, uh, the Intercontinental Championship is going to be defended. Yeah. They never do that shit. So. sneaky, sneaky But from a broadcasting standpoint, I think they had to start doing that. Because it's so awkward and cutaways from the uh, backstage reporters. Eh. It's Just, been it's been a thing for so long. I don't really mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I only noticed it, I think, when when it was pointed out. When it was pointed out to me. Because otherwise... Yeah, it, it is weird, but it, it's, you know, it's like wrestling logic. You just right. go with it. Your disposition is, is uh, so inclined towards it. So, yeah. Um, and, then, not, and then Rich Brennan did this. And, yeah, Rich Brennan did the same thing. When the show from break, yeah. he opened the show... And said, no, okay, we're, we're welcome back to Monday Night Raw, blah, blah, blah. I'm here backstage. But who does that? Well, I guess you know, um, maybe his training is more journalistic or maybe in training is no, more it's, of it's weird. Or it's, or anyway, shit. anyway. Yeah, we're, we're, we're nitpicking here. Um, another thing I want to talk about is Braun Strowman. Ah, uh, uh, Braun yeah. Strowman. He's a really great guy. Mm. Uh, I I enjoyed the match. Mm. It was really him just rag ragdolling Dean Ambrose around, which you don't see often. Yeah. And Dean Ambrose playing his usual crazy stick where he doesn't back down. Sometimes you have to manage your expectations in it. But okay, you have a, a seven footer. I'm guessing it's yeah. a seven footer, and you're not gonna want to expect him, or you're not gonna expect him to do any you know flashy, fast stuff, any technical stuff, because he's just there to be big and imposing. He does what he does well. And, and yeah. he does it well. Yeah. And the fact that you expect him to be a big guy and he does that well is pretty... I don't know. For me, it was refreshing. Yeah. Because you see Luke, Luke Harper and he does all sorts of <laughs> shit. That's fine. But you, sometimes you just want to see a hoss being a hoss. See, Braun Strowman, uh, his build height is 6'8", actually. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Okay. But he's 400 pounds, apparently. Of muscle. Yeah, and he's a legit strongman. Like, he's actually competed in the Arnold Amateur Strongman World Championship. He's a strongman. Yeah, so, so think about that. Uh, Braun Strowman, I, I like him. I, I like the character. And uh, w- before we recorded, JDL had something to say about Braun Strowman and how he could actually further the Bray Wyatt character in a different direction. Actually, uh, it's been after seeing him being called the Black Sheep. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt calling the people, his followers... He calls him sheep, right? Yes, he does. He calls him sheep. And if you think about it in a, mo- in, in a metaphorical sense, the black sheep is the one that strays. Okay. So I'm thinking it's either Braun Strowman becoming... Well, I'm really booking down the line. Uh-huh. I'm talking down the line. I, it's either that Braun Strowman will become the face, the baby face of uh, the White family, or that he will lead... The, since he is the black sheep, he will be the one to turn Bray Wyatt. Because uh-huh. Bray Wyatt, up until now... He's not full heel, if you think about it. How is he not full heel? People like him. Okay. Um, it's uh, the reaction he gets is that people enjoy what he does. Now uh, they all cheer for what he does. It's or not for the, the idea. Of he's what he not does. a villain. Because if you follow a villain, it's it's kind of I know, it's kind of you're. A, He's a cool heel. Uh, he was Dolph Ziggler before he became mm. total face. Mm. But isn't Seth Rollins the same? People like Seth Rollins. People love what he does. People like Seth Rollins uh, and love what he does. But what Seth Rollins does differently is that he has the ability to turn it around on people. Mm. For example, he people are liking him for this. He... 
tease it and then he doesn't he won't do it. Mm-hmm. See si Bray Wyatt talaga. Parang he still doesn't have that part of him. This is just me listening to a lot of JR podcasts actually. Right, right. Uh he has, he still doesn't have that part of him where the crowd will totally boo what he does. Uh-huh. Sting uh wait no not Sting. Seth Rollins has that in him. Nah, he would do something so devious and dastardly that everyone will just shit on him for doing it. I think with Bray I think is that people want to like the idea of what he does, like the whole mystical cult leader thing. But sometimes um when it when it feels like it has no purpose, like earlier this year, they're gonna boo they're gonna boo him because if not boo, they're just not gonna care. Yeah. Mm. I, I have one take on yung sinabi mo kanina, JDL about the black sheep thing. I kind of don't want to take it too far down the road to suggest yeah. that Braun Strowman will be the one that goes away or goes astray or the one that will turn brave face. The way I see it is more of just more simple shana. Um, you know, the white family, these cultish people, they are the black sheep of society, mm. right? yeah. So, parang I, I kind of see where that is coming from, but I'm I'm afraid na. What if, what if it's a stretch? You know what I mean? Yeah, that was just me really stretching. I just, it's, I'm a, just it's really, a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. But I was, I was like, shit, you know, napaisip ako. But I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just too excited with yeah. having Strowman in the pack right now. And I think the more uh, the more pressing concern, at least for me, is who's going to back up Roman and Dean? Well, there yeah. is that one meme going around on Facebook. <laughs> the one with Samoa Joe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be interesting. I would like to see it, but... If you were to put your money on any superstar on the roster right now to, to, to be the uh, the sixth person in this feud, who would it be? Uh, you know what? Off the top of my head, Finn Balor. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, actually. Finn Balor, then. He'll become Seth Rollins 2.0. <laughs> Seth yeah. Rollins and Jace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, either him or Samoa Joe. I really like the idea of Samoa Joe. I think Samoa Joe would work, eh? Because... All of those guys are brawlers. Yeah. Right? Finn Balor isn't a brawler. Eh? And w- when, when you think about the style of the, the styles of these men and the type of feud that they're in, it's a type of, uh, type of um, wrestling match that calls for brawling styles, which Samoa Joe would, uh, would be able to, um, to, to contribute to. Or if you want to stretch it further, Baron Corbin. Hey, why not? I think it's if Finn cause it has that intimidation factor. Like he he's not obviously going to be as big as oh, that's as Strowman, yeah. but if you put him in that position, uh, he's the counterpart. He's a secret weapon. Bahamas in Yeah, that's true. Okay, I I can I can uh, I can live with that. Um, any other notes on Strowman before we move on? He's a hoss. He's a hoss. I think no, I think he's going to be a big player sometime on the line. It's possible that he could be a better big show. He did come from Sister Abigail. Mm. <laughs> and no. one last question on Strowman. Does it bother you guys that he's supposedly like a cultish follower, but he has a, uh, a Superman logo tattooed on his arm? <laughs> <laughs> it's a legit question. Does it bother you guys? Because, see Bray Wyatt, none of his tattoos are yung tipo uh, corporate logos or whatever. Kala ko ay isang tattoo niya, and it's scary. It could have been... Well, no, not really. Because he could have gotten it before he became a cult follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Okay. It's a tattoo. Fair enough. It's like giving Batista shit for having the Philippine flag. Or giving his... Punk shit for the Pepsi tag. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's true. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now, uh, Seth Rollins, we, we know that he's uh, pulling double duty at Night of Champions. He's going to be facing Sting in the main event for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And he'll face John Cena for the United States Championship on Raw. Now, um, 
off the bat, what I love about Seth Rollins' storyline is napaka streamlined niya. Kasi when you compare Seth Rollins as a double champion to double champions in the past, mm-hmm. yung feuds ng past double champions were not connected. Mm-hmm. So you take, for example, um, Chris Benoit, who was world tag team champion with Edge, and he was also world heavyweight champion. His feud um, with Larry Sistance, if I uh, am not mistaken, was very isolated from his main event feud with Kane and Triple H. Diba? Whereas right now, si Seth, ang dami niyang kaaway that Sting and Cena could basically team up and use that para masindak si Rollins. Mm. And then at the same time, the authority is is uh, trying to put Rollins through the ringer to test his mettle as the champion, as the man. Diba? Mm. So all of these, all of this, uh, all of these players find themselves aligning to be part of one storyline that ideally or in WWE's ideal scenario could just exist in different vacuums mm. so what do you guys think about that I love it first of all uh, let's talk about the promo the senior promo it was really really brilliant because it was really smart and it's not just smart in in, a con- in the context of wrestling logic but it's smart in actual logic mm-hmm. because he's he actually outlined the entire authority plan for <laughs> Seth Rollins as in, he spelled it out for Seth. And if Seth doesn't get it still, Cena's right in saying that he's a huge idiot. Right. Um, the Latin flavor of the month. Because yeah. I was thinking about this this, uh, this morning, right? Now, when the authority first came to be, it was Randy Orton. Yeah. Mm. For the next year, it was Randy Orton. Mm. And then when Randy Orton started to break away, they brought Randy down. And that's when Seth Rollins was uh, pushed up as the main guy. Mm. So my problem lang with... I mean, while I do agree that the Cena promo was brilliant, it was very smart, hindi ko lang maisip ngayon who the authority will replace Rollins with because there's no one else in their stable right now. That's why, they, that's why they're banking on Rollins. That's, wh- why he ha- that's why he has to go through the ringer. People also speculate Sheamus, actually. That's true. So as, the, as the as next a, guy. As the next guy. But that's why, that's why they're not backing down from giving him these challenges. They're... That's why they gave him Lesnar. That's why they allowed Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns and Randy Orton. And that's why they're allowing Sting now. And that's why they're allowing Cena now. That's why Cena got the, the U.S. Championship rematch. It's actually pretty smart. And you think the, about fa- the fact that Cena took advantage of the yeah. stipulation and about Knight Every championship should be defended. Right, so he couldn't be the knight. So, yeah, I, I agreed. It, it was brilliant. Now, um, I'm not sure if you and Kamas wrote, uh, talked about this uh, last week, mm. but I don't get using logic why Sting deserves to be in the main event this is a guy whose WWE career record is 0-1 and one. Mm. this is a guy who parang I, I get na it's a continuation of his feud with Triple H pero if you're going to have everyone um, you know wipe their slate clean because that's what we did essentially with Samoa Joe diba? we wiped his slate clean with the Dudley boys we don't care if Bubba Ray was Bully Ray and a world champion he's just a tag team guy until now bakit si Sting he's on that level where he can challenge for the big gold belt whenever he damn pleases it's what it's what they said this week uh, it's what Steph said to Rollins backstage in this week's episode uh, the win loss record doesn't matter it, what matters is the legend of Seth Rollins has to be built up that's what I was saying Kanina it, it, Steph was trying to justify it in that uh, he has to build up the legend his own legend by you know taking on challenges and overcoming them that's, that's true why it's, yeah. oh, that's why Hinayana uh they let Sting make his claim and, you know, never really challenged it. 
and honestly, Sting is a big legend if you think about it. The win-loss record, in terms of legends, doesn't really matter. I mean, Ric Flair says it himself. He's he's lost a thousand times, won sixteen times. Yeah, exactly. The, so this, even though his win-loss record in the WWE is zero and one, what he can offer if Seth does beat him, what he offers Seth is that immortality that he's been wanting. Along with his statue that is gone. Which takes us back to the point or to the question of, is this the right thing for the authority to be doing? You say it's smart. The game plan is smart. It makes them uh, properly evil. Yeah. But is it the right thing to be doing in a pro wrestling context? Because we have to go meta here and and make the claim that pro wrestling does its best business when the stories are black and white. Mm -hmm. And... Although it's good that we're moving into a more three-dimensional way of storytelling, it kind of divides the audience and it kind of compromises the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Let's go back and take a look at Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. Even though they were trying so hard to make Taker the heel against Lesnar, you can tell that people didn't really want to boo him. And it kind of makes the whole thing weird. Eh? It doesn't produce um, a traditionally excite uh, it doesn't produce a traditionally exciting atmosphere surrounding the the match uh, so it's a, it's a weird line to straddle as wrestling explores this new way or you know steps up their way of storytelling I think the easy answer to as, uh, as to whether or not this story works, the easy answer is yes. Because Triple H is looking for a successor, oh. right? So he's like he's like a father that can And Rollins is that guy right now. He gave him his finisher, he gave him the championships, and he's giving him his uh, support in, in public and in private. But here's the thing, though. Um, when you look at Rollins, you either see a guy who is being punished for... Well, it feels like he's being punished with the way he's been throwing challenges one after the other. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, you kind of feel for that. But at the same time, he's also a whiny bitch that you kind of have to boo because he he won't stop. He won't shut up. That's why that's the easy answer. Because my real answer is no, it doesn't work. Mm. And and the reason why I'm saying this is because if your motivation of authority is to make Seth Rollins prove his worthiness, Mm. um, it... In, in terms of like scales of evil, yeah. less evil is the authority than Rollins because yeah. yung, yung actions exactly. still have a noble intention. Right. Right? And what I don't like about this is the authority, through these actions, they create fractures internally yeah. into their stable. And kakaunti na sila as is, so it weakens them even more. Now, what I want for the authority is to be a strong, unified stable. Exactly. And people are saying, like Brandon Stroud is saying that if you were an evil boss... And you had this golden boy that you favored over everyone else. Wouldn't you just make his life easier and make everyone else's harder? And that's what uh, that's what Triple H did to himself. That's what Eric Bischoff did for Triple H, mm. and that's why Evolution worked so well from '02 to '04. That's why they were great villains, huh? Right? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the, when, you, when you gave me this question earlier to think about, I was like, yeah, there, there's a reason why the authority isn't as hated as Evolution mm. was. Because it's nuclear no heat of Evolution. Uh, don't mm. you remember yeah, that, JDL? Yeah, I do. I hated them. Right? Everyone hated them. With all my heart. Yeah, even if we knew the wrestling uh, was scripted, 
parang oh shit they're taking up all the time on yeah. or putang ina na na all the championships yeah. everything right and and the, um you want your you you want your heel stable to be so united so strong that when the fissures happen internally that's when you get excited because yeah, you right. know some shit's about to go down and the uh shemper the big payoff is you have the baby face turn mm-hmm. by the same way that Orton eventually turned face or Batista eventually turned face so right now as it stands no it's not working and the other problem with the whole thing is hindi rin siya consistent eh. uh, for some reason the authority isn't consistent in what exactly it is they want to do with Seth Rollins if you remember when they were setting up for Battleground uh, Seth versus Lesnar they produced Lesnar as Seth's new challenge right right but the next week Everyone was ganging up on Lesnar. The entire authority was ganging up on him because yeah. he got, you know, he managed to win everyone back on his side. Uh-huh. So, parang, so what is the thing here, really? I'm not sure if it's kind of a stretch, but maybe they're looking for that golden boy, diba? The golden boy needs to be winning against these big names. Mm. So put them, put him up against these big names, and then on the way to that match, that's when you. Give him the advantages. I'm not really sure. It's kind of a stretch. No, it makes sense. I th- yeah. No, I think it makes sense. It's just weird because it's not consistent. But maybe that, maybe the inconsistency is where the heelish tendency lies. Sayang lang, because I mean, as easy as easy as it is to stack the deck against the challenger mm. all uh, right off the bat. Um, Yun pa rin hinahanap ng mga tao because that's what we're used to seeing in wrestling. Diba? And it draws the big money. Yeah. Because the battle it's, of good versus evil. Yeah, it's the, yeah. the easiest thing to get behind. Parang, Underdog okay. good guy against uh, yeah, stack deck. really, really hate these guys. So uh, you really want the good guy to win. Right. So, yun. Medyo sayang lang. But, oh, that was uh, re- one last thing. Sure, sure. Uh, Triple H then himself is pretty inconsistent. Yes. I, I agree. I mean because he's a bad guy on Raw, but, but we he, love him in NXT. Yeah, exactly. But he's such a he's such a hero in NXT. No, I think the problem with Triple H is not even Triple H knows how to differentiate Triple H the character from Triple H the you know, the businessman. I think cause, uh, he feels as though NXT is his playground. And in in his playground it's okay for him to break kayfabe. Yeah, to be himself. So it's kind of weird then in that regard. I wonder when it'll hit him. Nah. No, you can't do that, Triple H. I know that you love NXT. We love NXT too. Pero tangin na naman. We can do Pick without. You know, let us suck your dick on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't need to let us suck your dick in Brooklyn. All right. Uh, speaking of NXT, thank you for bringing it up. By yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. we got to talk on, about NXT. <laughs> Um, the, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic kicked off on NXT this week. I believe we caught two matches this week. Yeah. So the first match was the Ascension against uh, Rhino, Rhino and Baron Corbin. Yeah. A- any thoughts on that? I'm kind of sad that the Ascension is. Well, if you watched it already, the Ascension has actually lost. Yeah. Kind of sad for that fact because I, I I had a feeling that they were when they went into that ring when they got to the ring they were so over with the, the with the full sale crowd. Uh-huh. Now it's kind of I get yeah, I get the point now you have to build up Corbin's character yeah put him with Rhino but I just would have wanted to see that the Ascension go on to like the second round because it's fun having them around and then the homage to them being actually the first they were the first right no they weren't the first uh, tag team champions they were but the, the longest the reigning. longest reigning the longest reigning tag team champions I want I would have wanted to see them last longer than that I believe the first ones were Neville and Corey Graves. 
not the Wyatt. Oh, wait, no, the Wyatt never won. No, Wyatt family no. never won in NXT. No, 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 they, not, they never have. They never have. So it was right. uh, Neville and Corey Graves. All right. So, so and, um, the, the second match we saw was the main event: Neville and Crow taking on uh, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. Again, another yeah. surprise. And Neville bowed out of the first round. Yeah, well, I, I I like Jordan and Gable. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love them too, man. I, I love the fact that they make train wrestling look so fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, I really study them a lot. <laughs> See, the thing about chain wrestling is, admittedly, it's not for everybody. Mm. But but Jordan and Gable, I, I guess it's the youth. I guess it's also the athleticism. Um Internally, we call them the second coming of the world's greatest tag team, and for good reason. That's because they're they're somehow able to translate their amateur wrestling backgrounds into something entertaining in the ring. Now, um, at the end of the Gable Jordan Neville Crow match, we actually saw a graphic. but it features yeah. the sixteen teams mm. that are participating. Damn, sixteen. It is well. I guess everyone's coming back to NXT mm. for for Dusty. It's very much like, um, I think Ro mentioned this off the air earlier, it's very much like Lucha Underground where everybody has to participate and find oh, yeah. a partner. For the Trios Championship. Yes. Mm. Uh, Finn Balor is participating in this with Samoa Joe. And um, Good luck to their opponents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Hype Bros are in there, Enzo and Cass. Lucha Dragons. Lucha Dragons, the Mechanics. Mm. The Vaudevillains and Blake and Murphy are facing off in round one. I think that's ridiculous. I mean... You could, you could say that there are other bigger names down the road, but they have an ongoing feud, and it's a title feud, but Why couldn't they have been kept away from each other for one, two rounds? Uh, well, for me, I think it's more of a... In the booking sense, they're trying to make sure that... Trying to show that the win of the Vaudevillains wasn't a fluke. That's just me, but, you know, I got a good booking. So it also makes uh, the whole thing not for the tag team championships. Yeah, it's, it's basically just finding out who the best tag team is. Uh, e- even though it should be the tag team champions, but for that tournament alone, that's what their main goal is to pay homage to Dusty and then to find out who, which team in that tournament is the best. What if it's like a G1 climax for tag teams? Because <laughs> 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 Actually, that right. would be interesting. Yeah, right. I would yeah. like that. Yeah, so the VOD villains can choose whoever they want to challenge if, if they, they win, win the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the same time, if you win the tournament and you're not the VOD villains, you get to choose when you get to cash in on your title match or you get to defend that shit when somebody challenges you. Exactly. Why, why could it be that? What if? What if? I'm sure William Regal watches NJPW. And I'm sure that all of these stipulations <laughs> he, haven't been laid out just yet. After all, he brought in Liger. <laughs> he watches PWG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he brought in Champa. Champia. And then uh, Gargano. Um, now that we mentioned it, how about we, we talk about the indie stars moving on to either WWE or, or bigger promotions? Uh, because, so, you know, right. there have been a lot of You want to take the lead in this one? Well, hey. I'm really excited about yeah. Gargano and Champia because <laughs> uh, I'm really a big fan of PWG. I like mm. a lot of their stuff. But the thing about Gargano being in there is the chance that Candice LeRae might come in, mm. which I'm really, really excited about. Um, also, other big names... Uh, Wait, Chucky Chuck T. Chucky, Chucky T. Uh, I'm hoping that's the reason why he was on his Reddit AMA. He said he was going to retire. I'm hoping he's just retiring to go. He to said go to on NXT. Twitter today, though, that uh, um, the internet found out about his signing before he did. 
Oh, really? Wow. That's weird. So I'm not sure if that's him saying it's not, it might not be true. Or, or baka it's just true. Nanggagago well, lang siya. Yeah, yeah like uh, with the grapevine earlier, I think this yesterday or today, the the thing that Rich mm. Swan and Biff Music yeah, yeah, yeah. did where they said that they were waiting for physicals mm. but they're actually already signed. Yeah, I'm also excited about Rich Swan standing mm, 450s Swan's, yeah, all awesome. night long. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm just Googling Candice LeRae right now. Um, she's she's a beautiful lady, but putana, she's one tough girl. I mean, she is bleeding she in this one bled. picture. It, it, you she should took, watch she it. Took another, right? the, the she, she took the, the melt. Sir, no, no. Yeah. She took the indie ta- the indie wait indie I taker, but yeah, he, she took the indie taker on the floor. Shit, on the floor from the young bucks, which caused her to bleed profusely. And then she also uh, she didn't take the tax. She 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 ballplexed Matt Jackson on the tax. <laughs> you should watch PWG. It's awesome. She's badass. She's badass. She is married to Gargano. Mm. Ah, okay. So that's, that's why that's, that's why I was excited. And then Rich Swan, if you think if you thought uh if you thought Apollo Cruz was athletic, wait till you see Rich Swan. Rich Swan also formerly the tag team partner of Ricochet in Dragon Gate Japan. Mm. And Ricochet who we know more as Prince Puma. Now, um b- any other indie guys though that you want you want to touch uh, on? Biff Busick's actually uh one of the students of Chris Hero, so that's going to be interesting. And he's actually, uh, f- wait, yeah, I'm really excited about that one because he really has great showings in the indie promotions around around the United States. And I think Drew Gulak is uh, going to be signed in. Yeah, if, if he if they get them together in a team, that'd be really interesting. How about we go the other way around? How about Juice Robinson? He came from uh, NXT. He retired the CJ Parker gimmick. I, I thought he retired. Period. And now he's resurfaced in New Japan as Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson, I'm really interested. If he's going to New Japan, I think he's going to be put in the junior heavyweight division, Diba. Yeah. So uh, I'll be really interested to see how he does with that kind of style, along with Matt Seidel. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not going to be in the Bullet Club. That's what I was... Not going to be a member of the Bullet Club. That's your prediction. That's my prediction, because the Bullet Club's pretty much full already. Um, for those who aren't as familiar with New Japan... Um, of of all the foreigners on their roster, ilan ilan percent na nasa bullet club versus yung wala sa bullet club. <laughs> That's a good question. Like just a think, rough, no, a I think rough the estimate. foreigners are not counting the young lions. There's Shelly. There's Sh- I don't know. Uh, Red Dragon, but they're not bullet club. They're RPG not. Vice. They're not NGBW. Eh? RPG uh, Vice. RPG Vice, which is in chaos. So like, there's around I guess around more or less eight guy jins in the bullet club. Mm. Uh, more than fifty percent, <laughs> oh, probably. I like seventy five percent. Damn. All right. I think I said the Bullet Club was really a gaijin stable. Yeah. 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 But they have they have Japanese members, Saba. Did you, Jiro? Yeah. That, that guy. Yeah. All right. Um, any other indie stars before we move on to that one last thing I want to talk about? Yung palang so far I've heard. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So let's move on back to NXT really quickly because I can't believe we glossed this over. Eva Marie figuring out the best way to survive a match. I mean, <laughs> what what can we say, boys? I mean, th- um, the match was bad. Period. Pero the fact that Eva Marie was supposed to win and she didn't know she was supposed to kick out. You know, uh, in practice matches, uh, well, that's this is me. This is me. My experience. When it's not time to finish the match yet, I tell the other guy after hitting a big move to kick out. Uh-huh. Just in case. It might not be, you know, standard practice. Yeah. But I remind them, uh, please kick out. Because <laughs> it's not time to finish the match yet. And uh, 
Eva Marie should have known better. I don't know if she was knocked loopy on that spot, but she should have known, Shempre, that, well, first of all, she was supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Second of all... The ref whatever, obviously knows she, <laughs> she was supposed to she win. She should know she was supposed to win. And second of all, whatever that was, was most likely not the her opponent's finisher. And that's why, you know, everyone, everyone has been doing their part in trying to either apologize for Eva Marie or to try to, you know, try to lessen the heat. But after that, that botch, the heat just, uh, was taken to a different level. Hindi na nuclear. You could hear the crowd. That was white, white heat. <laughs> it's crazy heat. Uh, you know? uh, I mean, it's, it's yeah, she's bizarre. trying. No one can deny that she's trying. Everyone is trying. Yeah, uh, dude, unless you're trying. not trying. It, it, which is why that. She, she's a master manipulator. Galingnya <laughs> to kind of skew whatever anyone says about her into the fact that she's trying. I'm trying like everyone else on this roster. You she know, ultimate here. Yeah, she, <laughs> she knows. She knows her way around politics. Same pa baby girl, ultimate pa baby. Wala magapigil sa yun. Inin gimmick niya. Wala magapigil sa yun. She keeps on surviving. At wala siyang pake. Shit, damn. Shanga yun. All right, uh, we thought Undertaker was a baby girl. No, man. May tumalo kay Taker. All right, let us know what you think uh, about uh, this week in wrestling. Oh, shit, man. It's just shit. Man. I mean, like, our minds are blown, man. I, I, she's trying, but you can, really cannot forgive forgetting to kick out. It's almost like, almost, uh, no, it's, it's a step worse than Cameron pinning someone by on their stomach. Yeah. She might have been knocked loopy. Let's give her that. Yeah, yeah. That's the only... <laughs> might have been. That's the only defense I have for Eva Maria. Uh-oh. She might have been knocked loopy during that slam. Dude, she was seeing all red everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let us know what you think about this week's Raw or and NXT and any other bit of wrestling you may have seen uh, uh, throughout the week, even in Indie Star signing. So you can tweet us. It's at the SGP podcast for the show. Uh, it's at Rose War, at underscore Stancy, and it's at Senor JDL. Yes. All right. So we'll be coming right back with our picks of the week. Uh, st- stay with us. It's episode 76 of the SGP podcast. All right, time for our interview for this week's episode of the SGP Podcast. Our guest host for the week, the Senorito Jake De Leon, still with us. And our second special guest for the week, this guy. I owe this guy a round mostly because he made my prediction come true at PWR Live. Because in the pre-show, I predicted that this guy will be one half of the match of the night. They call him the Pocket Rocket. <laughs> Ralph Imabayashi joins us this week on the SGP Podcast. What's up, guys? Sock pocket uh, rocket, uh, Mr. Stancy. All right. Uh, it, it, it's been a while since I last saw you guys at PWR Live. I mean, you guys haven't haven't been causing a lot of trouble. No reason for you to enter my office, so that's that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I, I I've yep. got to ask you how you've been since PWR Live. Let's start off with JDL. I know that you're still hurting from the post match attacks of the Apocalypse. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Apocalypse and the Royal Flush. Uh, as you know, after the championship match, the Royal Flush tried to take me out by. Literally breaking my leg, and then they were about to finish the job by trying to, you know, Shawn Michaels style break my larynx, if uh-huh. you will. 
Uh, oh, nakita namin yeah, yeah. Luckily for me, the apocalypse, well, unluckily for me also, the apocalypse came down and beat us up both. And now I'm here. I'm still hurting. I'm not 100% in my leg yet, but I can put weight on it now. I can work out a bit. So yeah, the, uh, I'm I'm going, I'm getting on the path of recovery right now. What was going through your mind when you were being attacked by the Royal Flush and then all of a sudden the apocalypse comes in and saves you? So for, for, for like a split second, hindi ka yung ng Royal Flush. No, um... For that split second, I was thankful to the apocalypse, and then a few moments later, damn, damn you, apocalypse! Because I know uh, in that position, I was lying down. John Sebastian was holding me, the steel chair over my head and my neck. I knew I was about to, I was about to go to Makati Med yeah. uh, pretty soon. Uh-huh. Uh, then apocalypse came in. Um, I'm not saying that it was a good thing, but I think. It was the lesser of two evils because I would have been out indefinitely if Brian Leo would have jumped off that the turnbuckle and then squashed my face in. All right, JDL, I know you've been around the locker room a lot. You're one of the more respected veterans in PWR, and you've known the apocalypse since since pretty much renaissance of last year. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You know that the apocalypse has had his issues with the Royal Flush. So can you possibly try to give us some insight as to why the apocalypse would have done what he did? Because I'm still trying to put these to, uh, put all of this together. So I'm, maybe you could help me out. I'm not really sure myself. I know I know about his history with the Royal Flush, especially with Brian Leo. Um, I think the only reason that he's trying to go after both me and Brian Leo is the PWR Championship. He knows that I'm gunning for it. He knows that Brian Leo has it. So both of the obstacles in his path, he wants to take out. And he wants that symbol of the power in PWR, which is the championship. JDL, I know that the PWR Championship is something that's very personal to you. Yeah. you you've wrote, written about it on smarthenry.ph. You've talked about it extensively here on the SGP podcast. Is there any personal ill will towards the apocalypse after his actions at PWR Live? Of course there's going to be some ill will. Uh, the, the guy just re- literally just dropped me on my face. Um, I can't blame him for it, but if he has a problem with me... Trying to go for my championship again, I have a problem with him, and I still have a problem with Brian Leo. So I really thank you for that opportunity for putting me in that three-way against both of them. It's going to be hitting two birds with one stone. I'm going to take back my PWR championship. That's it. We'll talk about that three-way championship match scheduled for Renaissance just a little bit more in a bit. But right now, i got to talk to Ralph Imabayashi. Ralph, once again, let me congratulate you personally on having the match of the night at Ooh. PWR Live. Thank you, thank you. You know, a lot of people who've been wa- who, who watched both live and on Sports Five and on Rappler had had that general comment. So, so you were you were scheduled to face Peter Versosa. It was his first singles match. You've been around, you know, in, in a singles match way before Peter Versosa has. So, h- how is it like uh, trying to face someone who has only been in tag team matches until that point? The only reference I have with him is during the boot camp days. He was a beast. He was lifting people left and right. And he knew that I was small, and he knew that he could use his, you know, power moves against me. He wanted to go crazy me. at the time. Well, he wanted to go crazy every boot camp, and that's, that's what he did against uh, Ralph Mabayash. Yeah, he tried his best. But did you have a game plan going in there? Because the way that you won was, you know, to, bo- to borrow a term from the industry, out of nowhere. So did you have a game plan heading into that match against Peter Versosa? Um, not really much of a game plan. I was planning to take him head on, you know. Whatever I have with me, I'm going to use it. Now, I was sitting at the commentary booth alongside Vic Emanuel and Kiko Fabregas, and both of them had a lot of things to say about you, especially because of your size. So they, they were so quick to label you as one of the biggest underdogs in the PHX tournament. How do you feel about that label? Well, you know, this has been happening since my debut prior to PWR Vendetta. 
uh, John Sebastian, he underestimated me because of my size. Same with Peter Versoza. He thought, you know, I was small, he could throw me around like that. But, you know, in the end, we, know, we all know who advanced me. I'm at round two of the PHX semifinals. Uh-huh. So you made it to the semifinals. Uh, you're, you're going up against the social media sinister Ken Warren. I'm, I'm personally very excited for this matchup, and I couldn't be prouder of the bracket that we've set uh, you know, with, with the PWR board. Tell me what's going through your mind knowing that you're facing one of the more popular superstars in the Philippine wrestling revolution. Well, he has a loud mouth. That's, that's what I know about him. But, you know, he's, he's a good athlete. He's going to be a show stealer between me and him. You know, um... I shouldn't overlook Mayhem and Chris Panzer because I, I'm going to have to face either of them at the finals. But, you know, I also have to focus on Ken Warren. Right. We know, of course, all about how everybody just loved your match against Peter at PWR Live. Is there any pressure heading into Renaissance this September? Well, there is pressure, you know, whether the match will be good or not, whether I will have a good performance or not. But you see, that's, that's not the point here. This is a championship match. It's about winning, and that's what I'm focusing on. I'm going to be the first PHX champion. Believe that. And let me just say, regardless of if it's a good match or not, I mean, everyone there in the PWR audience will support their favorite wrestlers, and obviously you are one of them. I I, I know that for a fact. I'm in backstage listening to all the cheers for the Pocket Rocket. Yeah, you know? Thank you. <laughs> one one last question about the tournament for Ralph Imabayashi, and this one you can answer this as quickly as you want. If you had to take a pick between who your next opponent would be, should you beat Ken Warren, who would it be? Would it be Mayhem Brannigan, or would it be Chris Panzer? You don't have to tell me why. You can just make an answer. If you want to explain, go right ahead. The floor is yours, man. I'm going to have to go with Chris Panzer. All right. Now, would you like to expound as to why you chose Panzer over Mayhem as an ideal opponent in the finals, if you make it that far? Well, it's not a secret that I have been a Chris Panzer pa- fan since the beginning. Pa lang. You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I know. But Let's go, Papa. Yeah, let's go, Papa. You know, this JDL, you know, he had this interview during uh, Vendetta when he said, you, you know, Panzer's look might, looks might distract him. So. Yeah, right. uh, honestly, yeah. I mean, you're you're facing a commercial model in the ring, um, and he's a really great athlete. If it's not his looks alone, his his athleticism, all of his captivating moves, they will distract you from time to time. Um, and you got to do your best. You got to be focused, as with any wrestler wrestler in the ring. And I I commend you for the fact that you want Panzer because he's one heck of an athlete. Uh, you want Panzer to be your next opponent. I, I yep. see it basically as Ralph Imabayashi looking to take on what he sees as a bigger challenge. But there, there is no bigger challenge than taking on your idol. And yeah, it's an honor for, for Ralph Imabayashi. Right. I, I can't blame you, man. Let's, uh, get, uh, let's talk to JDL again and let's, let's take a look at this three-way match. Because I, I was very excited when the board finally approved this pitch to have a three-way match between classical Brian Leo, yourself, mm-hmm. and the Apocalypse. And... It was quite an honor to do it at the Tokyo Dome. So um, let me ask you now, how do you feel about this championship match that we've set up for you? I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited for the chance to take back the PWR championship again. Uh, I'm really excited for the fact that I get to uh, get the chance to, uh, you know, kind of you know, bring the fight to two people I kind of don't like right now. I, I would refer to them as Alipins, uh, if you would. Um, the, uh, the Apocalypse, I know you want that gold. Uh, I know you want that symbol of power. You you like the shiny thing, I guess. I, and Brian Leo, I know you want to keep your 
I, w- I know you want to keep your spot on the top of the card of PWR. You're a king. You're the king of the royal flush, but you can be dethroned. The apocalypse. You're a monster, but you will be slain, and that's it. At PWR Renaissance, September 26, Makati Cinema Square. I'm gonna face you two in that three-way match, and I'm gonna come in minimum wage and maximum rage, guns blazing, and I hope you're ready, Alipins. Man, Shit. the monster is gonna be slain. Right. No, that, that's quite the threat. And I, I can't well, who blame knows JDM. What, who knows what an apocalypse likes anyway? Actually, who knows what's going to happen uh, in this three-way match? This is, this is a lot of firsts, actually. It's the very first three-way match in PWR, number one. No, actually, no, no. We, we've had one before at Renaissance it last year. It was a tag team, yeah. Uh, no, we had one no. at Renaissance oh, yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, we did, we did, yeah. Which yeah. Kanta ended down. up winning. Down, 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 down. Right, but this is the first ever three-way match for the PWR Championship. I think that's what's most important. The fact that <laughs> we are still witnessing history right before our eyes. So, JDL, I would like to wish you the best of luck. All right, thank the you The same way that I would also like to wish uh, Brian Leo and the Apocalypse the best of luck come Renaissance on, on September 26th. Why did you agree, anyway, to give the Apocalypse a title shot? You know what? A lot of people have been asking about this, and I will be uh, I, I have a lot of reasons for them, and the board has actually given me some advice not to go, get into that just yet. All right, we have a couple of weeks before Renaissance. If I change my mind, I may just reveal my reasons. But let me just tell you this. These reasons are, to quote a very, very smart visionary, what's best for business. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, there's another significant PWR event that's happening in the month of September. And it's called Boot Camp. Batch 5 is about to kick off this Sunday. So let me ask the veteran right here, JDL. Tell us about Boot Camp and tell us what you can share from the experience. No, wait, wait. Before, we tell us, before we talk about Boot Camp, I think we have to ask what's different about this new Boot Camp batch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm not. Well, Boot Camp Batch 5 is coming up uh, September 6th, this Sunday, this actually. Sunday, yeah. If you haven't signed up yet, sign up. Uh, send a message over at the PWR. Yeah. Until when? Until, Until Saturday. Saturday. Because right. uh, so, Sunday is going to be the day. Yeah. So, so as yeah. long as we can still reply to you uh, when you inquire, you're in. Uh, as long as you get that message that we sent to you after you do send it in. So, And we give you the details. So, anyway... If you want to sign up and chase your dreams of becoming a professional wrestler, please send a message to the PWR Facebook page, facebook.com slash phwrestlingrevel. So anyway, what's different about this new boot camp, boot camp batch 5, is we are including this boot camp. We're opening up this boot camp. It's been open before, but we're exclusively trying to open up this boot camp for women. Okay. Can we ask why there is an exclusive boot camp for women? Because uh, there have uh, our batches, um, you know, me and Ralph's batch, and then the batches that followed us, the two batches that followed us, mix yung Yeah. So why is it exclusive now? Um, what we're trying to do is the board is trying to, the PW board is trying to actually. Make uh, build up the women's division of right, PWR. Right, right. So along with the batch of men that come in, uh, it's going to be also we're going to give a bit a, some some more attention to the women as well. Mm. So that's why we're really urging uh, women who have dreams of becoming a professional wrestler as well to sign up because. Uh, we know it's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, they know it's going to be an interesting thing. I really want to see it myself. And it's we want to show them that, you know, this divas revolution that's happening right now in the WWE, it doesn't just stop there. 
Uh-huh. The this divas revolution, well, I say women's revolution, is happening all around the world, uh, spearheaded by Ronda Rousey and a lot of other great women, Serena Williams and everything. And then uh, I, I was reading the the, the, the bootcamp post uh, where we tease uh, where we tease the new bootcamp patch on on Facebook, and so there was one question I saw. Someone was asking, a female was asking, uh, what they could expect and what can you say so far about what the female exclusive bootcamp can expect uh, on Sunday. Well, with the female exclusive bootcamp on Sunday, I can guarantee them that. They will also have to go through what the men go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be no difference there. But we will uh, try to help you out because from recent batches, um, it's kind of hard to... I, we feel that um, recently that so, some women might be hesitant in joining because mm-hmm. they know that it's going to be mostly guys. Mm-hmm. So with this new batch, uh, with more women, we hope that this uh, this group of women can actually kind of help them get out of their shell hmm. quicker and easier. Right. Because we know it's kind of difficult to actually be in a... It's, it's intimidating. Intimidating. Yeah, it's yeah. intimidating to be to be hanging with the guys. Even though uh, the, the female boot campers we've been uh, training with are pretty much largely okay with hanging with us, yeah. there might be other females out there who are interested in being part of PWR but are a bit intimidated by the fact that they might have to or they might be expected to hang athletically or physically with some with some of the guys. So, um, let me ask you, JDL, because uh, I, I know that you've been very hands-on with the boot camp, being one of the veteran stars of PWR. How's the reception been to the boot camp uh, invite? Like, have there been a lot of people applying so far? Can, can we talk about the numbers? Um, it's been really good. Um, uh, I don't have a specific, uh, I don't have the specific number, but I know there's a, around, around 50 people who inquired uh, recently. Um, so, we expect our secret training facility to be pretty full uh, uh-huh. this Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and Ralph's, Ralph's laughing right here. He's probably thinking of how to give them Sonic Crushers all around. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And for, for the boot campers who are listening, I'm sure that they're, they're, uh, by the time this podcast is out, there will be some people who have already been given the invite. So mm-hmm. can you tell them, um, what, like, can you set expectations, like what to bring, what not to bring, what to prepare for, just to get their head in the game? Well, uh, basically just bring your athletic wear, um, good pair of shoes, good pair of uh, clean clothes, yeah. deodorant. Um, expect... A lot of conditioning, uh, which we not not only the boot camp, the mm-hmm. whole roster has, the whole to, go roster has to go through conditioning. hellish conditioning. Um, so you can expect that if you're not physically fit, we'll try to help you get to where you need to be. But if you really aren't really, to the point that you might, there's actually a point that you might pass out during. We don't the, actually turn people away. We don't uh, turn for, you for, away for being physically unfit. We just pero, warn you about it. But people, some people, you know, can't take it. Yeah, the, to be uh, honest, to be there have been honest, yeah. since. Where I won't say names of obviously, but there have been instances where people almost passed out. Um, they had to stop because of excessive cramping. Mm. They had to go up to the bathrooms to puke. Yeah, that 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 happens. That happens regularly with each new boot camp, actually. And it's been a while, diba, Since uh, batch four and batch five. Yeah. Major, major aguat ng batch four and batch five eh, mm, compared yeah. to like the past boot camps. So, all right, uh, that's happening this Sunday, September six, at the secret training facility of Philippine Wrestling Revolution. Now, before we let Ralph Imabayashi go, is there something you'd like to say to your opponent, Ken Warren, at Renaissance? Ken Warren, you've been talking a lot of trash about me, especially online. But all that matters is what happens in the ring. And at Renaissance, I'll beat you. I'll move on to the finals of the PHX tournament. And you, 
can hashtag that. Whoa. <laughs> Simple and sweet. Str- uh, strong words, man, from Ralph Imabayashi. And he JDL. need a lot of words to prove himself. Man. I know, I know. He need a lot of words. You didn't have to say a lot at PWR Lives, so I, I know from experience. Uh, JDL, you've said everything you need to say against Brian Leo and against the apocalypse, so can you please invite our listeners as early as now to September 26th uh, right. uh, for Renaissance? All right, mga amigo at amiga, come to Makati Cinema Square, September 26, 2015, uh, at PWR Renaissance. Tickets will be now at 300 pesos each. We kind of had a spike up, uh-uh. but we promise you it's worth the money. It's worth that night of enjoyment of watching people live out their dreams and uh, have fun in that ring and actually give you that hard-hitting action that you desire, that the Filipino people have been wanting and that PWR has been giving you guys. So make sure that you come to PWR Renaissance. We sh- we're sure we're going to give you a good show. And that's the message to the boot campers this Sunday. Good luck! Sana mga amigo mga amigo at amiga kayo at hindi mga alipin. Uh, good luck, guys. Uh, boot camp is a very brutal experience. But it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know, uh, we're gonna Let's shape you into the wrestlers that you want to be. Uh, if is, you want to be them, really bad. Yeah. And the uh, thing is, we don't kick people out. It's up to you if you can hang with us. If you can, you know, if you can go on with the brutal training that you know there is in PWR boot camp every week, every Sunday. All right, thank you very much, Ralph Imabayashi. Uh, of course, uh, we'll be seeing him again at Renaissance and JDL. He'll he'll be sticking around for the rest of this episode of the SGP podcast. Yeah, you. Before we wrap this baby up, we got to give you our picks of the week. And because JDL is our guest host, you know what? Yeah. Let's, let's let you have first pickings for POTW. All right. My pick of the week isn't actually anything WWE or NXT related. It's Which actually is totally fine. Yeah. yeah. It's what happened with ROH last week. Yeah. The reunion of Future Shock. Adam Cole and, and Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly. This has actually been... I've only actually seen one Future Shock match before because I don't really have that much... I don't really have the resources to find PWG Wrestling or ROH Wrestling before. But this is really awesome for me because I the first ever ROH match that I loved was Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. This was the pure... I think this um, hybrid rules match. This is the match where, Ky, uh, where Adam Cole... Got his both his front teeth busted out. Oh shit! He was bleeding all over the ring, and he finished the match by making Kyle O'Reilly tap out. So after that match, that's when they became this tag team called Future Shock. And over the years, they've been doing really well. And then they broke up because Adam Cole became the big star that he is. Mm-hmm. And then this is actually a tie-in with the storyline of Cole possibly leaving the kingdom. So that's what I'm really excited about. Wait, as well. what happened to Bobby Fish? Bobby Fish is still there. Is he injured? No, no, no he's not no, injured. No. It's just that for that one night, Future Shock cha- challenged the addiction for the tag belts. Okay. And then uh, the kingdom came in to interrupt and then screw Future Shock. Okay. So I'm pretty much sure that Adam Cole is going to go solo again. So Adam Cole, baby! baby! All right. Um, as for me, my pick of the week has to be just the experience of watching a DDT show live in Japan. Um, actually, the entire pilgrimage in, in Tokyo could be like you know, your pick it, of the week. My pick of the week. Na, na pilgrimage to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did. Um, and, and I got to I got to take home some stuff. Then, like um, I bought the Shawn Michaels book, which mm. um, excited me at the start. But when I realized that the book was more wrestling, uh, was less res- wrestling, more about his Christian faith and all of that. Major na, major na How much was ako. it though? How much was it? Uh, thousand something, thousand two. 
Pero natin. Hardcover. Then again, I haven't gotten past chapter 2. Pero you kind of get the feeling na yung ano niya. Brian's book costs around the same same yeah. price. And that was a better read. Brian's book is twice as long as Shawn Michaels' book. Let me tell Seriously? you that. 165 pages. So, what's the holding book? Niya. Uh, you know, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. He wasn't retired yet then, right? No. Um, WWE forced him to write that book, actually. <laughs> Damn. And he admitted that sa chapter one, Nang Wrestling with My Life. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but it, I remember Heartbreak and Triumph was pretty fucking thick, right? It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the entire experience uh, topped off by watching Kota Ibushi in person and the rest of the DDT wrestlers. That's my pick of the week, man. I, t- I told you all about it in the intro. And you'll get to hear more about it with the photos and some of the, some of the videos I took on smarthenry.ph. Um, I'm working on it. All right. Um, my pick of the week is... Uh, wait, sign up by the time people get to hear this podcast better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. My pick of the week is Kevin Owens versus Cesaro from this Monday's Raw. Uh, pretty much, it was a, a carbon copy of their SummerSlam match with a few more logical tweaks. Uh-huh. Now, you know, Cesaro was able to counter some of Kevin Owens' moves and stuff like that. That he wasn't able to counter in SummerSlam, and that's ne- not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it was a good match, a good solid match. It didn't actually get the the reaction it should have gotten back in Brooklyn because the crowd was pretty dead after uh, the, the the Divas match. Ned, I think it came after Cena Rollins. No, it came after the Divas match. Okay, uh, so it was pretty late in the card, and it was kind of the crowd was kind of exhausted after a four-hour show. And uh, this go around, mas okay yung ano, yung reception, and that's cool because it did. It was a uh, it was a barn burner of yeah. a match, and it deserved whatever adulation it got. But my problem is, it's suffering from the same problems the Diva Revolution was suffering from until this week. Now, what are they fighting for? Yeah, what are they fighting for? I don't. Yeah, it's a great match, and you whenever you put Kevin Owens and Cesaro in a one on one match for and give them what, like ten minutes. They're always going to have a good match. But if I don't know what they're fighting for, I'm going to tune out next time they, I see them on. Actually, yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, we were ranting, I think, two weeks ago, right before SummerSlam, that Owens, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Orton should just be in a fatal four-way to determine the new number one contender. But I want them to fight for something. Even if they end up you know, having a rubber match and then agreeing to form a tag team out of mutual respect. I'd be okay with that as long as there is an end game. But for this one, I don't see an end game other than the fact that Kevin Owens gets to move up a notch in the non-existent ladder of... Uh, non-existent career ladder of the WWE. Yeah, here's a question for you. If it's not the number one contender status that they should be fighting for, mm. what could they be fighting for? Anything. And Money. Contend- yeah, well, sure, that that's be a thing. Money. As long as... You bag na $100,000. It's been... It's old school wrestling. Mm. It's always been money. Yeah. Um, when uh, the winner gets the bigger paycheck. If yeah. you watch the match with Randy Savage versus Steamboat mm. WrestleMania three, it was about money. Bobby Heenan is is this one step that I really remembered because Bobby Heenan said, "You may lose if you do lose the disqualification with the championship match. If you lose in disqualification, you keep the belt, but you lose the the money." Mm. So, parang, oh wait, they were fighting for money too. Yeah, and it's a thing that Kevin Owens has been yeah, talking about. He's a prize fighter. Yeah. But he, won, he wanted a championship because that would mean more money for him. I mean, the old, sorry. Uh, sorry to call it The old school booking, kasi, it's always been about money. I mean, you don't fight for 
For wala lang. Yeah. For wala lang. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. There's always a purse. The problem... Or, that's what problem. people forget now. Right. Because it's not mentioned now. Yeah, it's not mentioned yes, anymore. Yes, because that's a problem with WWE-style commentary, mm. which Lucha Underground does a good job of reminding mm. people. Because Matt Stryker always reminds people that you, you fight to win. You win more, you get paid more. You win more, you get paid more. Exactly. Thank you, right? um, The current announced teams of WWE, including the NXT guys, they failed to mention this. It's not their fault either. Because uh, for all we know, they've been... Given the directive, we told to you know not mention it because say you know it's not a big deal apparently Mm. to them. But for us, we want something. We want to see something hanging in front of the competitors. Yeah, there should be a reason why they're risking life and limb in the first place. Yeah, if if it's on money, I don't mind if Kevin Owens and Cesaro are fighting for the contendership of a mid card championship. Because that could be a thing. It's so there are so many ways to spin this, and they're not taking the extra effort to spin or you know to make it more hardworking. Yeah. Plus, if you make it for let's say a mid card championship, it gives it gives fans something to look forward to beyond the next pay per view, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay, after Rollins clears Cena or after Cena beats Rollins, my next kalaban na sila, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to wait until the Raw after Night of Champions. Right. So yeah, that's all. Um, again, Kevin Owens is our good match, but. There but for is, I know, it's wrestling for the sake of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it defeats the purpose. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to another, or to the close of another SGP podcast. Before we get out of here, we got to say thanks to the Mellow 94.7 Studios and the crew for always letting us hang, hang out here every Thursday. Thank you as well to our special guest host for this week, the yeah. Senorito, Jake DeLeon. Got yeah. anything to say? Uh, um, forgot to mention uh, in my interview earlier, uh, so, again, I invite everyone, all the amigos and amigas, to come watch PW Renaissance, September 26th, Makati Cinema Square. Um, the tickets will be pre-selling them for 250 pesos. Uh, the tickets at the gate will be 300 pesos. So, we'll be announcing it soon when we'll be, selling the, we'll, when we'll be pre-selling and where we'll be pre-selling the tickets. So, make sure to keep up with our social media pages, facebook.com slash... P, uh, PH Wrestling Revo and on Twitter and Instagram at PWR Official. All right, so it's important for you to get your tickets fast because uh, you know last time they got sold out. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah quick. Right, so they sell we, like hotcakes. We, yeah, we hope to not turn away people this time around. Oh, yeah. sign up, sign up, yeah. I'm going to talk to the board myself and make sure we get uh, we get something done. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, of course, thank you to PWR as a whole for making the SGP podcast the home of PWR. Follow us on Twitter. It's at the SGP podcast. For Ro, it's at Rose War at underscore Stancy. For me, for our editor slash producer at Caveman Camus and at Senorita JDL for our guest host. You can also follow Ralph Imabayashi on Facebook. I believe he has a Facebook page. Just look for his name. He's about to come up there. Ralph Imabayashi dash PWR. Right. He's about to come out, uh, come out there. And we will see you on September 26th at Renaissance. And boot campers, we will see you this Sunday. This Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. At the secret training facility. That's all going down. The, the PWR Performance Center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, why not? That's where it'll be going down for real. We got to get out of here. Peace out. Thank you very much. Good night, amigos and amigas. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 